I'm Sandra Christian. Welcome to Self-Reflective Conversations, the podcast. Self-reflection is when you seriously take time to think about your character and behavior, analyzing where it comes from, what it means to you, is it working for you, and what can you do about it? And this journey starts now. The birth of my son was the single most impactful experience in my life. He gave my life purpose and has been an anchor throughout. I focused on building a life for him more than on building a life for myself. Looking back, most of my decisions were made to ensure that he had a life worth living, a life free of some of the difficulties I had experienced and a life full of potential and joy. One of the things I believe is important in a child's life is teaching them how to think, not what to think. For this reason, I try to avoid instilling in my son the dogmas of religion, politics, economics, and social pressures that were part of my life. Yet, my own background unconsciously drove me to raising him in a manner where these dogmas came through. It was wonderful having with me And even when he moved out of the house, it was good knowing that he was just a phone call away. But it was hard at the beginning. At times, I thought it would have been easier if I did not have a child. Looking back, I know that I would not have made it on my own. My son has been my compass and anchor, directing my path and grounding me in what needed to be done. I realized that children are never good at listening to their parents anyway. But when I saw my son imitating me, it came across as either a wonderful compliment or it totally distressed me, depending on what he imitated. As he got older, I treated him as a good friend. I did not know whether this was a flaw in my mothering style, but I chose to do it this way, hoping that he would turn out okay. And now that my son is an adult, he chooses his own paths. Often, these are not the paths I would have preferred or chosen for him. But he has come into his own right, despite my sometimes inadequate guidance. Even today, he surprises me in his thought processes and in his decisions. And I would often like to move these into different directions but I am thankful that he has his own thought processes and is able to make his own decisions, regardless of what I think of them. I had never been good with children, always preferring them when they were older and when I could reason with them logically. For this reason, I often doubted whether I was a good mother when my son was young. I raised him in a practical way, ensuring that all his needs were met that he went to the right schools, that he had a safe home to come to. But have I given enough love or guidance or attention and support? Now that I am older and more aware of what I had missed, I'm trying to compensate with him. But is this enough? So while I have tried on his journey to teach him about life, he teaches me daily with amazing clarity and wisdom for someone so young, how to live. What a gift this is. And he remains my anchor and my compass, for which I am truly grateful. 
have a very special guest on the show today, Art Howling, who has agreed to discuss his insights on a very important topic, children. Good morning, Art. It's really lovely to have you with us this morning. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, good morning, Sandra. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm a single father of two, two daughters. I guess uh, I start with the most important thing in my life. Living in Eindhoven now for the last 10 years, I would say. Before that, I've been traveling quite extensively to different parts of the world, across Europe, but also in, in Asia Pacific. Honestly, actually living for almost 10, 12 years now in the Netherlands is quite unique for me because I, I've always been a bit of a nomad, you know, traveling uh, every two or three years to different places. But I guess, you know, having children does that to you, you know, I mean, you kind of stop being a nomad, at least for the time being. At the moment, I'm actually in a transition between jobs. I recently finalized my work at Royal Haskoning DHV which was an engineering company, you know, building or uh, designing and building hospitals. I've decided that I want to go back to my primary interest and in that is basically the ICT industry and digitization of primary processes at different, different sectors. Thank you very much. I'm glad that you started off with what is the most important to you. You are a single father. Starting off with that, as a single father, how do you find that you combine what you want to do or what you have been doing with your children? That's a good question. Honestly, by the way, I don't, I don't think it is in, in all cases conscious choices. Uh, I mean, in some cases, I just don't have a choice. The situation has been handed to me. I'm very grateful, by the way, for being in this situation. Of course, at times it's very tough. And it's also tough, uh, I guess, in relation to, to making certain choices in terms of work, for instance. My girls are at an age that I cannot choose to, to take up jobs at the moment, which would require a lot of international traveling. Me being away from home in the evenings, for instance, I, I need to be home. Although my girls are getting to an age that they think they can be without me here for, for multiple days. How old are your girls? Uh, they are 13 and 14, so becoming very wise, at least in their own eyes. But this is one thing where I've said, you know, at least for another two, three years, I, I need to to work closer to home, so I can be home in, in the evenings. That's one thing I would say where it has quite heavily affected my work. On the other hand, I've consciously made a decision, especially about two years ago when the situation arose that, you know, I became a single father to them, quite unexpectedly, by the way, which was also very tough for them. So uh, at that point in time, I made the decision to really make them my primary responsibility. I mean, not only as children to me, but also primary responsibility in offering them safety or a feeling of safety and regularity you know, in their daily life so that at least they knew that I would always be there and be around, put them first in everything I do. So that uh, I think hopefully uh, that has helped them the last two to three years to cope with the situation. It also led me to make quite a few compromises here and there in my personal life, you know, in order to be there for them in that way. I can well imagine that. What do your girls actually mean to you? <laughs> no, I, th I think they mean purpose for me. I think the, the main thing I would like to see, you know, is that eventually when they grow up, 
I feel that I've contributed to them becoming independent women that are strong, not strong in the sense that they are just by themselves and, uh, and only think of themselves, but are strong in, in terms of knowing who they are as a person, are able to, to take the right decisions, you know, without sort of being submissive to, to peer pressure or to, to pressure of others, but also learn to, to value interdependency, you know, you know, that there is value and that there is something to be gained by connecting to other people and, and to be interdependent, not to be dependent on them, but to be interdependent, you know, let's say to make one plus one is three in the relationship rather than saying, you know, I attach, I attach myself to something or to work or to, to a partner and, and I become entirely dependent on, on them. To find that balance, uh, if I can see that in their lives, you know, then, then I will be really, really happy. Uh, I guess you could call it a bit of a, a heritage that you leave behind. So that's important to me. That's a lovely way of looking at it. How do you think you've made your children aware of that, of that interdependence? On purpose, uh, for instance, I've put them into sports, team sports. That's one thing. I'm, I'm probably going to give you an answer a bit in a random order, uh, not, not so much in order of priority, but I think I've taken that into account in selecting the type of sports I would like them to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, it's, it's their own decision in the end as well, but I really like them to do sports where they start to understand that in order to sometimes achieve results, in life, you know, you need to work together and you need to depend on others, co-depend. I talk a lot with them, you know, when they come back from school, for instance, and they, you know, they talk about their experiences at school where sometimes they need to work together with other children to basically to deliver a project or to deliver a presentation. And they are sometimes disappointed saying, oh, you know, they're not really cooperating or they're not working the way we would like to. So then that's usually also an opportunity to really talk to them about, hey, in life, this, that's the way it is. You're, you're not alone in the world. You'll always be living a life where there is relations to others, either at work or privately or in your own family. Another element, I guess, in, in that is, is that I find it very important that we have the principle as a family that a yes is a yes and a no is a no, because other people depend on that. So you can't just keep changing from a yes to a no or from a no to a yes, especially, you know, where it concerns other people and an appointment or agreement you've, you've made with them. And time, you know, for me, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I guess as an average Dutch person, I'm, I'm quite obsessed with time. You know, I like to be on time. And it's not so much from being on time. You know, I'm quite flexible, but it's from the understanding that I need to value other people's time. And I can't just take advantage of it and say, oh, you know what, I'm just going to show up one hour late. I'm not going to show up at all. So that's what I try to teach the children as well, to say, you know, listen, I mean, if, if you work together or if you do things together with other people, the most valuable things they can give you is time. So please value that, you know, yeah. and respect that in terms of being in time and on time. Just a couple of examples. What I like of what you're saying is that on the one hand, you show it to them in a very practical way. And on the other hand, you're there to actually support them emotionally as well. So can you tell me your emotional relationship with your girls? Let's face it, they're at an age where people consider that a difficult age. So what is your emotional relationship with your children? I think it's very good, very open. It's a topic 
at least from my side that I approach very consciously. What I what I like about it is that it is open, that we can talk about anything, good, bad, and ugly, so to say. Uh, of course, that makes it hard at the times as well. I had to learn that when the children are able to show their good, the bad, and the ugly, it actually means that they feel safe to share that. But of course, you know, there has been quite a few moments where I thought, hey, it's nice that you take it out on me, but I think you should take it out on the person that is triggering this, you know, rather than taking it out on me. And that's, of course... I guess also a bit of the, the handicap of being a single parent. Um, you can't really share the emotional load with another parent. You just get everything. But that's also the beauty of it. You do get everything. So that, I think, lays the, the base or the foundation for a very, very unique type of emotional relationship with your children. So I'm very happy that they trust me enough to share everything with me in that sense. Uh, and of course, I mean, there are things that they'd rather not share with me, but Sometimes they have to, but that in, a, in an interesting way also contributes to the emotional relationship. The other thing I'm teaching them, but honestly also myself in that sense, that is that when we do talk about emotions, for instance, at dinner or, or in the evening, is that the primary thing you want from the other person in many cases is that they just listen and not straight away that they deal with it or that they have an advice or that they start to respond straight away. So I've, I've visualized that for the children very much to say, hey, let's, let's talk about this, you know, and you know what, we're gonna put it in the middle of the table and we're gonna leave it there. So you can just take it out, you put it on the table and I promise you, I'm not gonna pick it up until you tell me that you want me to pick it up. And maybe tomorrow we can still see it on the table and we're gonna throw it in the bin, you're gonna forget about it or we are gonna deal with it. But I promise you that I will not respond straight away to it and i think that's a comforting thought for the girls as well to know that hey i can talk i can make it visible but i don't necessarily need to take my father's advice straight away after that he will just leave it untouched until i tell him that i'm ready to discuss possible solutions or his opinion about it and it's tough for me you know because i, I like to solve problems you know and i, I like to give them solutions so in that sense, it has been a real lesson for me as well. Also for me, talking to other persons about my feelings, because I mean, of course, I sometimes need to reflect on my feelings as well and the emotions I'm going through, or, or I get an opinion of other people. Also to learn that, you know, when you receive an opinion of another person, you don't necessarily are obliged to do something with it. You can leave it on the table, so to say, and say, okay, nice. At least we know what your opinion is now, but we're going to leave it on the table for now, you know. So the, those are a couple of things I think that, that has helped to, to build an emotional relationship where the children and I, by the way, feel safe to, to share things with each other. And I, and I always tell the girls, I said, you know, I, I, rather than me deducting it from your, the way you behave, mm -hmm. you know, to deduct your emotions from it, I'd rather have that you just say it explicitly. You know, hey, hey I'm angry or I'm sad. Instead of me trying to figure it out from the way you respond or the way you talk, at least I know how you feel at that moment and I can adjust accordingly, you know, rather than me playing guessing games on, on how you feel. And it's okay. You can tell me uh, what you feel, then at least I can adjust my behavior to it. We have stereotypes about roles in a family. The mother role, the father role, the children role. 
as a single father, how have you managed to fulfill the mother role that's missing in your relationship? <laughs> well, I've, <laughs> I've learned to develop a deep, deep respect for, uh, for single mothers. <laughs> that's that I can tell you. But yet at the same time, I've also discovered that there don't seem to be many single fathers around, or less at least, you know, but that might be a perception I have. And of course, now I'm home quite a bit because I'm in a transition between jobs. Let's say a couple of months ago, I, I had a full-time job running the household. Well, one of the things I've discussed right from the start with the girls is that I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my utmost, you know, but I want you to understand that I cannot replace your mom. I'm, I'm your father. That will be my, my default approach to certain things in life will be from a father's perspective. And, and maybe it is things like structure, discipline, blah, 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 all these things you need to give me a chance to also develop some other attributes, you know, which might help to at least partly provide the mother role. And of course, at the same time, I still stimulate them to, to stay in contact with their mom, who is, by the way, living in Asia Pacific, because she's physically away. But of course, they can still have contact by phone with her, which is important to them. So I think honesty is one thing, you know, to say, hey, this, this is what I can do, you know, I mean, and let's work together as a team. Of course, there is things that we sometimes also have to laugh about going to the supermarket with your daughter, having to buy her first sanitary napkin, <laughs> asking me for advice. Yeah, okay. Uh, why don't we buy one of each? <laughs> you, know, you can try it out. You know? <laughs> Let's be practical. Let's be practical about it. You know, I can't really share from my own experience. But then also giving her the space to, to pay for it herself by, you know, at the cashier because she feels really awkward to go there with her father and to keep the contact with the mother is important but also to connect them i have two sisters so that's a bit of my backup sometimes you know when either i can call them myself like hey this has come up i have no idea how to deal with this or mm -hmm. i think you know this is going on with with the girls you know especially girl things you know uh, what do you think and how should i approach this you know should i approach it at all it's not only the fact that I'm the father, they are girls, but also the age they are at, you know. So some topics are not to be talked about, I've discovered. <laughs> so I'm, I'm more like, hey, well, well it is an, it's a problem, isn't it? So let's talk about it, then we can solve it. That's not your place to talk about it. <laughs> you know? okay. what, so what has actually been the most challenging part of being a parent? Yeah, I think the main thing I would like to share probably is being a single parent. I think a unique experience in itself. Yeah, I think that depends a little bit on what made you a single parent. Could be either you've become a widow or you've divorced or, or but there's several reasons, of course, why you end up in a situation of being a single parent. In, in my case, I guess that uh, most important thing has been to yeah, accept the situation you're in, to let go of certain things, of emotions you have, you might have yourself, to not be overprotective. I think that's also an important thing, you know, because you tend to be overprotective, wanting to compensate for everything in, in your girl's life, in my case, which is not necessary, but it's hard to, to see that, you know, and to understand that. Uh, also, interesting to see, I would say, is that the resilience of children is much better than the resilience of adults. I think my girls bounce back much faster than I did. Mm -hmm. So in a way, they've been a blessing to me as well, helping me to bounce back. Another thing to realize and to see is that although it might be very hard at times, it's an absolute blessing as well, you know, to, to be a single parent. I mean, how strange it might sound, you know, 
because I mean, it gives you so many opportunities to build a relationship with your children. That at least I, as a father, I I would have probably never had when I was would have not been a single parent. I mean, the closeness, the the openness, the transparency in the relationship. So that's an absolute blessing. Now, another thing. I guess I've learned is that it is important to have a social network around you where you can cry, curse, smile, you know, I mean, you, you need an outlet as well as a single parent because there is simply certain things I cannot discuss with them. You know, I mean, at least not at this age, I mean, about my own emotions or what I feel. It's important to make sure you have that as well, you know, that you have friends or family around you that, that can help you to be that outlet sometimes. And, to give you the opportunity to express your feelings as well. Art, could you leave our listeners with some words of wisdom about being a single parent? Yeah, I think communication is key. Communication often is uh, not in words, but in being there. I mean, in the past, you know, I've read the book Love Languages, you know, the importance of love languages and the differences in love languages, because I have two girls that are very different, you know, in, in the way they express themselves and, and want to be spoken to so to say uh, i think it's a really really good book actually to read you know the love languages and it goes from words of affirmation to physical to you know quality time so there's many many different ways to communicate with with your children there's one song that i really like in particular it's been a, a real help for me is is a song by dwight dissels you know it's still mars it's it talks about even communicating with your child without word, by just observing, by just understanding their feelings, by sort of mentally connecting to them. Yeah, it sounds a bit vague, but being there and giving them space to, to express their feelings. There's one word maybe of wisdom. Communication is very important. I think it's also to be honest, you know, about your own feelings. I mean, uh, of course, I get a lot of advice from people saying, oh, you should not show this to them or show that to them, you know. Well, I guess I've made many mistakes in that area then, you know, but I do think at the same time, you don't need to hide your own emotions at all times as well. You know, it's, of course, there's a way of expressing it, but uh, I think it's okay for the girls, you know, in my case, or your kid, your children to see your vulnerability as well, but also see how you deal with it. And maybe by that set an example for them. So that, that's another one. Letting go, I think is, is a very important one. I mean, you can only do so much for, for your children, you know, I mean, and you have to understand you can protect them for all kinds of things, but there will be always something else that is going to uh, attack them or surprise them. Or uh, So I think it's much better to, to really focus, and, and that's what I'm trying at least, to really focus on making them aware of who they are and making them mentally strong so that they can also take the right decision when I'm not there or take the right decision when they're under a lot of social pressure by others to do things. If there's one gift I can give them is that, that they eventually are interdependent, strong women who are able to take their own decisions and are happy with who they are. Because I, I do think that a lot of people struggle in life with identity you know, and, and, and not really knowing who they are knowing very well what they do and, and by that sort of feeling important or less important, you know, or living by what other people tell them who they are or what they are. I mean, to really understand who they are. So it also means, I guess, is that you need to talk a lot to them, you know, and make them aware of it and try to understand where they're coming from. 
in order to help them to find themselves in that. I guess that kind of search, that's always, I find the interesting bit, you know, by parenting, you're also kind of attending to yourself in a way, you know, because by talking to them about things and sharing things with them, you, you also have the opportunity to reflect on your own life. My youngest daughter, which is quite interesting, you know, she's very good in mirroring things, you know, she's like, okay, hey, good question. So who, who do you say you are then? Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a really ready-made answer for that all the time as well, you know, but it's good. Well, lovely. Thank you so much for those words of wisdom. There's some really insightful information in that. With that, we come to the end of this podcast. Thank you for joining us. And I'm looking forward to perhaps another podcast or to seeing or speaking to you outside of this podcast. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you so much. I'm Sandra Christian, and you've been listening to Self-Reflective Conversations, the podcast. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcast or CastBox and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Self-Reflective Conversation with one of my special guests. Thank you for listening.